Counter the latest internet sensation. I don't even think I have to react to that. When one. I start rock hard, I stay rock hard. <laughs> this is a magnificent specimen of mankind. Can I say hi? Good morning, Zeb, and good morning to all your listeners. Hi! Weekend Breakfast with Seb Costello on Triple M. It is four past seven. Good morning and a happy Saturday. 11 degrees in Melbourne on the way to a top of 21. Last night, the power defeating Essendon by 61 points. But it's perhaps not the worst performance of the weekend. We'll get to that in a moment. At the Masters in Augusta, our man Adam Scott in a little bit of trouble. He is one shot off the cut at the moment in danger of missing out. But even he isn't the worst performance of the weekend. There is one man His name is Ernie Els. He is a four-time major winner. He's a good golfer, but yesterday, what a meltdown. Unfortunately, as you can see, Ernie is battling with the yips. And and if you could not just go and tap it in and you do the same again. It's not like this is three feet away either. It's just a foot. First hole of the day, first hole of the tournament. He ended up with a quintuple bogey. After shooting six putts to finally get it in, here's Ernie himself. That's what happens when you have the heebie-jeebies. Can't explain it. I've played a lot of these things and I just I couldn't pull the putter back on the, on the first dollar. Ernie, you were terrible. And my man, you forgot the golden rule of golf. All you got to do is just tap it in. Just tap it in. Hey, just tap it in. Just tap it in. Just tap it in. Tap it in. Give it a little tappy. Tap, tap, taparoo. The taparoo. you got to give it to taparoo, Ernie. Atrocious effort from you. Although it must be said, there was one man who is always impressed with what Ernie Eels has to offer. That's a great finish. Congratulations to Ernie Eels, to Peter Loddard, to Nick Faldo. It's been fantastic. Brexy! But he didn't have a drink that day. Let's just remember that. Ernie Eels, I think we got on that day, which I gave it a few moments ago. Big lineup to come. No people who are going to have a meltdown this morning, hopefully. We've got Danny Green on the show. Daniel Giancera, accuser from the Bulldogs, talking about the match of the round against Hawthorne. BT will be here. Lawrence Mooney, Narrowly Meadows, and the Telstra download guy, who on the Data Free Sunday got online and downloaded over 20 seasons of The Simpsons. He's next. Our next guest should be in the running for Australian of the Year. Last Sunday, Telstra had the free data day. So you download whatever you like for free, and this man took it to another level. It was part of saying sorry for all the dropouts they've been having over the past month, and this man went out and downloaded around $10,000 worth of software and TV shows, ripping off Telstra. I enjoy his work, and thanks for joining us, John Sasvari. Good morning. How are you doing? Mate, I am just happy to hear about you sticking it up, Telstra. What TV shows did you download? Um, I grabbed a few, uh, a, a few, pretty much all of Mythbusters and all of The Simpsons this time around. I love it. That's um, that's about twenty seasons of The Simpsons, isn't it? Uh, twenty-five seasons of The Simpsons. <laughs> yes. Um, and yeah, all of Mythbusters. I think that I can't remember how many seasons that was. Um, yeah. That's brilliant. Given all the downloading you were doing, did it take some planning? Uh, yeah, it did a little bit. So, you know, it wasn't anything, you know, super in- intense, but I did have a little spreadsheet that, um, you know, that I've made over the past few years because I don't have good internet at home and every time I need to download something, I just pop it in this spreadsheet. So when the free data day came up with Holster, I just uh, 
opened that spreadsheet up and uh, started to go from the top and went down to the bottom. You had like your Christmas wish list of downloads. I love it. How, how long did you actually have the download going? Uh, 23 hours <laughs> and 50 minutes. Yes. Oh, that's great. How was the device after all that downloading? Uh, very hot. Uh, I was a little bit. I was a little bit concerned that it might blow up or something whilst it was sitting on the seat because uh, it was actually hotter than I'd ever felt it before. But you know, it performed well, mate. I see some people have had a go at you for you know s- slowing down the network somehow, as if you downloading would have impacts on them in other parts of the country. Those people need to get a life. Did it feel good to get that sweet revenge? Uh, yeah, it did. You know, um, I pay quite a lot for my Telstra mobile. And on the Sunday, I downloaded, you know, I get, I'm on a uh, corporate like business plan and I get six gigabytes of data a month. If you look at the amount I downloaded and do the math, that's about 13 years of data on my service. (laughs) Mate, you've done very, very well and we appreciate your time. I guess, uh, have you got some shows left to download when the next free data day comes around? I've got no idea. Uh, I'm looking around, but I can't find much. You're a legend. Uh, I, I, think, I think what I've got at the moment is going to keep me occupied for at least the next year. And did I hear you'd had some sort of contact from uh, one of Telstra's managers? On LinkedIn, one of their directors of US sales, because Telstra is also in the American market for businesses, um, their director of American sales sent me a message on LinkedIn and he said, uh, I believe the words I'm looking for in your part of the world are good on you, mate. Will you accept my nomination for Australian of the Year? Absolutely. <laughs> John Sazvari, the Telstra Download guy on Triple M's Weekend Breakfast. Good to chat, mate. Thank you. You too. Have a good day. And a source who will remain nameless has passed to me an explosive photograph during the week. It depicts our man, BT Brian Taylor. It's time for a caption contest. If you want to see this photograph in which the bristle doesn't look particularly happy, get on to Twitter at SebCostello9. I'll be looking forward to some suggestions for the captions, and we may even read them to the great man when he appears on the program a bit later in the morning. In the meantime, this is a regular spot on our program, and this is a team we have featured before, Dodgeball. The game you played at high school, the game depicted by Vince Vaughan and Ben Stiller, where you throw a ball as hard as you can at the opposition and hope they don't catch it. Well, there's a World Cup and we're in it. It's time for this. In the 20th century, the sporting landscape was indeed a wide world. But with the advent of the interweb communication and global overpopulation, the sporting universe is bigger than ever. And champions beyond the traditional games deserve their recognition. Presenting the weekend breakfast's glittering galaxy of sport. And don't the kids love it? They certainly do. And the Dodgeroos are Australia's dodgeball team. We've been right behind them on the weekend breakfast because next weekend they're heading over to the UK to represent this nation in the fine sport of dodgeball. And one of the stars of the team has joined us in studio. Morning, Abs Venkapali. Morning, morning. (laughs) There's a bit of an injury scandal going through the camp, though. I'm looking across the desk. And you have got a pretty hefty-looking bandage on your left hand. Oh, given any sport, you know, when you train, when you train hard, happens. Injuries happen. So uh, while trying to catch a ball, broke my finger. Are you officially out? Uh, the coach said I am, yes. Well, there go Australia's um, chances. We are <laughs> stuffed without our man Abs. Oh, no, no. Have faith in the team. They're actually more skilled than I am. When so, you uh, share a first name with a former member of the boy band Five, you are a mighty dodgeball player in the making. Oh, thank you. Has that thank reference you. gone over everyone's head? 
<laughs> not, not really familiar with the, with the reference, no. <laughs> no, fair enough. <laughs> well, mate, look, we've been through what the sport is, but I just think it's cool what you're doing. How many nations will you be competing against over there in the UK? In the group, there's uh, England first up. Ooh, tough. Um, yeah, from what I hear, they, they're probably very skilled. Um, they've been playing with cloth balls for a while now. Typically uh, second, soft. Uh, second is um, Egypt and mm. then Wales. Yeah, so hopefully uh, our team, you know, it's the first uh, World Cup ever being um, played over there um, as part of the uh, Dodgeball Federation Australia. So we don't know what the standards will be like, but hopefully we set something up there so they'll be scared of us next time. Well, it's the second World Cup in a fortnight. And as we send you over to the UK, I want to play this as inspiration from the West Indian World T20 cricket team. Didn't want to stop there. Dwayne Bravo and Chris Gale there, mate. They are wishing you well. So we need to be saying abs champion at the end of the next week. Sure thing. We actually discussed uh, if we do win anything over there. I'm sure we will. We are going to quickly uh, squeeze in that little dance in there. So it's quite funny, isn't it? (laughs) You're going to drop a champion dance if we win the Dodgeball World Cup. Of course, yeah, of course. You have to film that and send it to us. Ah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> how, how does your champion go? Give us a little example. Oh, no, there's, the, uh, there's on the floor as well, champion. champion. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So, uh, yeah, got to get into it, I guess. You yeah, ab- absolutely do. Well, Abs Venkapali, we are right behind you. Good luck for the Dodgeroos. Thank you. And we'll uh, talk to you over there in the UK next week. Awesome, thank you. Champion. Champion indeed. and fitness with Danny Green. Always terrific to have you, Greeny. And I want to talk a bit about self-talk this morning. The stuff that goes on in your head when the body's saying no, but you do keep going and you finish the session. And, mate, we were talking off air and you brought up an example from 2011. You're fighting the Polish world champion and he breaks your nose. When was that? In the middle, it was in the middle of the, of the round when I, when I, you know, when I did the did the break and broke my nose really badly in round nine and my engine started to slow down dramatically because I couldn't get any oxygen in, couldn't breathe. I was spluttering up blood because I had to breathe from my mouth. I was coughing up chunks of blood because there was a lot of blood going down the back of my throat. You know, there's nothing much I could do. I could either, I could either keep going, uh, which every fighter worth a pinch of salt would do, um, or I could, you know, give up and just throw the towel in, which is just something that I would never, ever do. And there's a saying I've had, and I've been in fights, similar fights where I've, you know, come through and been triumphant. Um, you know, and at the start of the fight, you think about it a lot. You know, it takes one split second to quit, but you have to live with that decision for the rest of your life. I mean, the reason we're talking about that is because that's a really important part of exercise, isn't it? The fact that, you know, it does hurt. That's why you do it for the results. But to be able to get out there and finish the workout, finish the session, you need to be having that conversation internally, encouraging yourself, motivating yourself, don't you? Yeah, you do, you do, mate. And sometimes it's as simple step as, as, as just telling yourself, look, get out of bed, you've got to do this. And no one's going to get out there. If you want to get fit, so people that are looking to do my Team Danny Green fitness program, if they want to get out there and they want to do it and they want to improve their life, they have to be able to self-motivate. And it really is a simple thing is I'm going to do this. I want to get out there. And if you really want to do it, you will get off your ring and you'll go out and you'll do it. And once you start doing the program, you realise and you start seeing results you start self-motivating even more because you're seeing the results when you take your shirt off, you get in the chair, you jump out, and you look in the mirror and go, hang on, I'm, 
I'm transforming everything. Absolutely. I look forward to that day. Now, speaking of getting out of the chair and doing it, I don't know if you heard this, but Wayne Carey is one of the greats of AFL football, and he said this to Triple M Footy last Saturday. Have a listen. Just had a text uh, come through. Danny Green will be fighting Mundine in November Whoa. when he's when he's back. Is right when he gets his back That's right. They'll so be is that a confirmed fight or in not? November? No, it's not at the moment. But they, I've just got a text coming through Ooh. that that will be happening happening in November. Greeny, November. Is it true? <laughs> well, mate, I don't know about that, but that's interesting news. That's very interesting news, and it's positive to hear, and it puts a smile on my face. But that's 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 news to me. So, look, he's uh, he's been flapping his gums. He's been banging on about this for nearly ten years. This May is the ten year anniversary of my first sport. So, look, uh, I'm I'm keeping fit. Um, it's part of me. It's part of my everyday life. So. If, if it does happen, if he does decide to, um, you know, take the skirt off and jump in, then we'll do it. I like the sound of that. Well, mate, speaking of you keeping fit, Team Danny Green is a big part of that. The website, I'd urge everyone to check it out. Great program. It's doable and it will get results as it has in the past. Danny Green, always good to chat to you on the weekend breakfast. Legend said and everyone out there in Triple M, have a fantastic weekend and go Eagles. My weekend started pretty well already. If you go to Twitter at Seb Costello 9, you will see a certain photo of our man PT, the Bristle Man. We're having a caption competition this morning. And if I can just paint a picture, it's from a local footy game. Unnamed source gave it to me. I'm not going to give it up. But Brian's got that expression on his face that I've only seen once before when our head of football, Lee Simon, came to Brian and said, Brian, you're going to commentate the Gold Coast and the GWS this weekend. And BT just gave him this expression <laughs> that you can only really, really properly portray in words. It's on Twitter, and we're going to read the winners to the great man himself later in the program. Some big news coming through that will affect Australia's chances in Rio in basketball. This is coming from Chris Brassard, who's a big NBA reporter. He says that Rich Paul, who is the agent currently repping Ben Simmons, the young Aussie, expected to be a first-round draft pick in the NBA. Ben Simmons won't play for Australia in 2016 Olympics in Rio. We'll focus on NBA activities and look to play for Australia in the future. Ben Simmons out of Rio. It's now all on Andrew Bogut and the boys to do it. They were hoping for that to happen. Looks like it won't. Let's talk some V8 supercars because next weekend it is all about the island. You can have your Wittens, you can have your Sandowns. I am a Phillip Island man and the WD40 Phillip Island Super Sprint runs from the 15th to the 17th. Joining us in the studio is a three-time race winner in V8 supercars. He currently drives for the Preston Hire Racing Team. Lee Holdsworth, thanks for joining us. And mate, how fast is your car going to go this season? Oh, hopefully very fast. It's been uh, it's been good. You know, we're 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 moving forward. That's for sure in the press and high car. But um, last round in Tassie, we had a couple of good qualifying results, a couple of top five qualies. And uh, as far as speed goes, you know, we hit about two eighty k down the end of the the straight at Phillip Island. It's one of the most beautiful circuits in Australia and the world probably. And uh, you know, when you're shooting down there towards turn one at Phillip Island, all you can see is uh, the drop off to. Uh, to, to the ocean, so it's a pretty amazing sort of place. Mate, you're a family man. V8s, you know, it's a bit of thrills and spills. We saw Chas Mostert at Bathurst last year. Do you let the missus and the kids watch you drive? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, I, I think, um, well, my daughter loves it, so she won't let mum not let her watch it. <laughs> she's only <laughs> three and a half, but she's like a massive race fan already. Uh, so... But yeah, she's seen me have a have a couple of crashes over the last couple of years, and it hasn't affected her. And she knows that 
um, you know, we wear a race, uh, a race helmet and we've got all the protective gear around us and, uh, it's a pretty safe thing. So if I can get away with the crashes I've had over the last couple of years, I'm, I'm, you know, pretty safe. And she knows that. Sounds like we know who runs the Holdsworth house. Then. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the three-year-old definitely in charge. Mate, Frosty got up last year, which was good to see a little bit of deviation when it comes to the driver's championship in the V8s. But I'm interested in your view on whether Jamie has the record. This is Jamie Winkup now with six titles around the garages. Is he basically considered, you know, the goat when it comes to V8s, the greatest <laughs> of all time? Oh, look, we've all got a lot of respect for what Jamie's done in the sport. Um, you know, six titles is absolutely amazing. And uh, the only guy that's probably, you know, come close to that is Mark Scaife, and he's a legend. Um, so uh, he, he's um, certainly, uh, you know, we all, we all treat him with respect, but you race him as hard as anyone else. You're on there the to track. win. Exactly. That's what we like to hear, Holsey. <laughs> if you've got the opportunity to cut him off. Yeah, do yeah it. <laughs> absolutely. You don't want him to win another one. <laughs> no, it's your job to stop him. Well, mate, we wish you well. Obviously, Phillip Island. Uh, later on uh, this month, and then you'll be back in Melbourne for, for Winton and uh, for Sandown a bit later in the year. You've won at Winton. Is that one of your favourite tracks? Uh, it's our test. It's been my test track course, for many years. The Victorian so, uh, I know teams. it not pretty well. And um, yeah, I've had a good car there a few times. So I've been on the podium, I think, four or five times there and won once, but um, not enough. Uh, so we'll be looking for another win there this year and hopefully we can do it in the Preston High Car. We'll be watching closely. Lee Holdsworth, great to chat on Triple M. Thanks for having me. You heard the big news a few minutes ago. Ben Simmons, the National Freshman of the Year in America in basketball, has announced he won't be playing for the Boomers in Rio. It's caused some pretty vigorous debate here in the Triple M studios as I welcome in the two sides of this debate. The producer of this program, Jake Dosser, and the panel operator of this program, Tim the Hyphen Chapman Mills. Before we get to it, I want to take some of your calls. One triple three five three. Is Ben Simmons un Australian for not playing for the Boomers? One triple three five three. I've just had to keep you two apart here in the studio. But Jakey, you were saying you were unhappy with this. Hyphen is an idiot. He said that Ben Simmons shouldn't play in the Olympics because he's not going to be good enough. Firstly, it's un Australian. He's the best player in college. He's a six ten point center, even if he can't shoot, he can pass and he, he can get to the ring. Hyphen, you, you, you were just called an idiot there. Well, look, he's going into the NBA draft. He's not that good a player. We'll what be fine without him. He'll get, a, he'll get destroyed at that level he's playing against adults. He's player in college, and you're saying Australia should play NBL plays in the Olympics instead of him. We're going to lose to America anyway, so oh, it's not a big issue. Now, that, now you're on Australia, Hyphen. What sort of stuff? You get out. these calls because they're coming in now, Jakey. One triple three five three. Is Ben Simmons un-Australian for not going to Rio? Ben Simmons has announced he won't be playing for Australia in Rio. Josh from Melton, is Ben Simmons un-Australian? No, I don't believe he's un-Australian there, Seb. I reckon he's just looking up uh, for himself. He's just about to go probably number one in the draft. He's also about to sign what is it, $140 million or something with Under Armour. Gosh. Um, I, I think he's just going to look out for himself and start his NBA career off with a bang. You know, look at what happened to Dante Exxon. He did he get injured, Dante. He... Joshy, thanks yeah. for your call, mate. You make a good point. Let's go to JJ at Bandura. Is Ben Simmons an Australian for not playing in Rio? Yes. <laughs> look, I look at it this way. Like, Jared Hayne goes over to play um, NFL. Yeah, we all claim him because he's great. He claims himself as being nothing but Aussie, and everyone loves him over there because of that. 
and he's probably going to make more money than he's ever looked at. This guy could do the same, yeah. Yeah, he's looking after himself uh, by doing what he's doing with it for the money side of things, but we claim a lot of people who aren't even Australian, you know, just because they've lived here, that this guy should be representing his country because we are a small place, you know. We need not. him, JJ. Is that what you're That's saying? It. Yeah, so I think I think so. Small population and all that. Good on you, mate. Well, you've got some tickets to the WD40 Phillip Island Super Sprint tickets from Ticket Tech. That's next weekend. Hang on the line. We'll get some details. Craig at Clayton. What do you reckon? Good Craig Pelican. Say that again. JJ, you are an absolute Pelican. <laughs> to say he's un Australian is ridiculous. He's a young guy who's still growing. What, he, what, what if he destroys a knee at, at um, the Olympics and never plays a game in the NBA? I mean, it's just ludicrous to say he's un-Australian because he's looking after himself. He's going to have three, four, maybe five Olympics in the future to play for Australia. Well, we'll wait and see how he goes, Craig. We appreciate your call. Hang on there, Dalton, Tim. We'll get to you guys throughout the morning. Going to talk some NBA later too. After the news, Daniel Gian Syracuse, assistant coach of the Western Bulldogs. We'll keep this debate going on Twitter too, at Seb Costello 9. Let's talk footy because there is a very juicy game happening tomorrow at Etihad Stadium. The Western Bulldogs, top of the ladder, playing sexy footy, as it's been said. They've got Hawthorne, who've just won a lazy three flags across the last three years. To tell us more about it, an assistant coach of the Western Bulldogs and a very handy player in his day down at the kennel, Daniel Gian Syracuse. Thanks for joining us. Will you beat the Hawks and by how many? <laughs> Uh, well, that's the plan, um, and I, I don't care how much it's by one <laughs> one point or more. That's all that I care about. But um, no, it's going to be as you said. You know, they've won three in a row. They're the champs, and um, we're looking forward to what's going to be an excited, exciting challenge at our home ground. So hopefully, uh, we can continue the winning streak that we've got at Etihad. Well, mate, let's talk about your area of expertise then, which is of course the forward line. The package, Luke Darcy tells us they call him the parcel just to keep a level head, but he is playing some amazing footy. Yeah, he is. Um, yeah, as, as happens in footy clubs, if a guy starts to uh, think he's going all right, the, the playing group brings him back to size, and um, that's how they've done that after BT uh, nicknamed him the package. <laughs> so, um, But no, he's, he's one part of um, a forward-line group that at the moment is going well. He's a unique talent. Uh, you know, he's a, he's a star of the competition and will get even better. We're, we're excited about um, the growth area that he's got in his game. And, um, you know, he had a good duel with Sean Dempster last week, who, you know, was probably broke even. I'm not sure if St Kilda would say that, but we thought he, he was pretty good in areas that um, most wouldn't see. But, um, yeah, he's, he's fantastic and, and we're looking for a big game against, you know, what will be some quality defenders in the Hawks this week. Mate, I did mention we did a little homework on your good self. Yeah, I mean, you're a star of the dogs, close to 250 games yourself, over 300 goals. But Dust did let us in on some insight that perhaps one of your early nights at training wasn't so good when the team decided to run a tackle drill with a tyre tube. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, David Noble, who's now uh, the list manager or footy manager at the, the Crows, he decided that we'd do some tackling practice on a on a big inflatable tyre tube, and uh, legs got tangled up, and and um, yeah, I hurt my knee and missed pretty much the first half of my uh, <laughs> my first year, which was wasn't enjoyable, but um, oh, no. it was just one of those things. Um, it allowed me to get back in the gym and do a bit more work in the gym, which I needed because I was about 66 kilos and couldn't do a chin-up <laughs> when I got there. So I took the positives out of it. 
I'm guessing you won't be running any tyre tube drills at Doggies Training these days. Uh, no, not at all. It's all about uh, keeping your players on the park. And um, I don't think Luke would like it if I rolled one of them out and uh, Jake hurt his knee or something like that. But um, <laughs> one of those things back then and, and um, well, it was all the better for it. There you go. Well, we might just get a break in. Uh, more with Daniel Giancera Cusa from the Western Bulldogs after this. You right to hang on there, Gia? Yep, for sure. Now, Gia, I think you've got the Hawks scared. <laughs> I'm, and I base that on this. They rolled out this week one of the more ridiculous membership songs I've ever heard. If you haven't had a chance to catch up with it, just put your ear to the phone and uh, take in this rubbish. You and we got a whole lot of history. Now, the timing of that right before the rampaging Western Bulldogs, what do you make of that? Yeah, well, they always say the footballers should just stick to what they do best, and that's playing <laughs> footy. So, um, But it's interesting how clubs do get to rope you into things like that, and I'm not going to throw stones there. I, I did a quite, quite cringeworthy uh, Peter Jackson ad uh, during my career and copped a bit of stick for that. But And I'm sure they'll be getting that uh, not only from their teammates, but... Uh, Maybe some opposition uh, for the rest of the year. So, well, hopefully it takes their focus off the game and, um, you know, we can get off to a good start and yeah. dump them and, and a few boys might remind them of it, I like remind that. Them of it uh, during the game. Bit of sledging ammunition. I reckon, Gia, yeah, though, you would have just siphoned fun. off a few suits, though, uh, for the Peter Jackson ad. So it would have been worth oh, your while, I hope. hope so. Let's hope so. I hope <laughs> their, uh, their sales went up during that time. I'm not sure it was about the, uh, the ad campaign that we did, though. Oh, very funny. Well, mate, good luck with it. It'll be the match of the round. We're all excited, as we have been watching the Bulldogs for all of 2016, all two weeks of it. Daniel Gian Siracusa, a pleasure to have you on Triple M. No worries. Thanks for having me. And we have a very, very important guest with us. If you remember last weekend, thousands of Essendon supporters marched on the Melbourne cricket ground for a game where the Bombers ended up beating Melbourne. And the party of honour that led off the march with the likes of Kevin Sheedy, CEO, Xavier Campbell, Sam Newman was there. And also amongst the party of honour, the moon man, Lawrence Mooney. Good morning to you, sir. Very proud to take a stand last weekend and don the sash. I am a, I'm a high-flying member. This year, I've taken the top membership to get right behind the team. And uh, it was announced at the chairman's lunch that um, uh, Heath Hocking has joined the Bombers. He signed back on and there was a great show of support from Kevin Sheedy for that. And during the week, we've also found out that uh, Travis Collier is probably going to sign up too. So very proud. To this be sounds like a run at president to me. If I yeah, was Lindsay right. Tanner, I'd be very worried about I this. I having a tilt. <laughs> Yeah, just imagine. Because if, if this works out for me, I'll go for politics. Just Because there's no yeah. skeletons in my closet. No. None. <laughs> Have you ever led a march before? Um, I've been part of a march. Yeah. Uh, you know, as... You would know I'm a, a red ragger and a unionist, so I have been to many a, a political protest in town. Just have to, you? Just to bolster the numbers. Yeah, I was part of the Fill the G back in, I think, 2006 or seven. Have you ever been detained for public no, nuisance? I've been detained for a whole lot of other crimes, but <laughs> never for public nuisance. <laughs> oh, well, mate, good luck with it. Now, uh, plenty of people wanting to uh, just compare Malcolm Turnbull, who was on the hot breakfast yesterday, to... Your friend, Malcolm Turnbull, mm. 
Do you know if he's aware that you are running around the country impersonating him? I've heard from a friend of mine on Triple M in Adelaide that uh, they... Uh, is it quick log or quick flash? Yeah, flashback. Flashback from the from the week. So it's being listened to within the Liberal Party, uh, just to keep an eye on, you know, how he's perceived and what's being said about him. So <laughs> yeah, like someone's got listening. ASIO onto you. Well, it sounds a little bit like the Stasi in you know, <laughs> other people's lives, doesn't it? Someone's got the headphones. You're going to get on. home, and there's going to be a car out the front, mm. and. You know, they'll just wind down the window, stare at you, and then drive off. What'll happen is I'll be bundled into the back of a car, <laughs> and they'll say, we need you to pretend to be the Prime Minister. The Prime Minister, the Prime Minister's disappeared, and we need you to declare war you on New Zealand. You could end up like the Saddam Hussein doubles. Yeah, that's right. I will be... <laughs> people of Australia, it's your Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull speaking. Unfortunately, we are in an intractable position with our neighbours across the Tasman. We are at war with New Zealand. <laughs> People cry. The Sullivans, they do another series of the Sullivans. <laughs> Sullivans 2016. I don't think they'd live in Canterbury these days somehow no. either. And Kitty would yeah. be, a, you know, in skinny jeans and a, <laughs> it's a, a crop top. It's a, on Tinder. <laughs> they should do a Sullivans 2016. How good would that be? Dave wouldn't work in manufacturing because there is none in this no country jobs. anymore. What a twist. He'd work in real estate. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. He'd be selling houses. Mate, uh, we're on next week. The boys, Ed, Mick and Das away. So it is Moon Man and the Seb Costello show on the hot breakfast. So it's a return of summer breakfast, but it's autumn breakfast on yep. Triple M. Of course, you were their whipping boy at the end of last week because mm. I don't know whether you were going through a Peter Brady phase <laughs> where your voice was cracking or whether you've got some upper respiratory infection, but you sounded hilarious. 12 degrees in Melbourne. Hi there, Seb Costello with the Triple M Report at 8. <laughs> I was struggling. And uh, Eddie was being your elocution he was. coach. He was saying, speak from your diaphragm yep. and not from your voice box. Mm. And he, he prescribed um, pineapple juice. Yeah. I've heard that it's good for other things as well, <laughs> pineapple juice. I have no but, idea what you're talking about. But remember during um, the summer, we were really speaking up the West Indies. Yeah. Particularly our friend. They won the World Cup. Champions. Uh, yes, indeed. Absolutely, they are. And you put me in mind of one of the West Indies players after they won the World Championship. You see this eyes? No sleep, no voice. My voice is gone. I partied all throughout the night. So I'm suggesting to you, Sub Costello, that you haven't got an upper respiratory infection. In fact, you've just been skinning up fatties with the West Indian team and listening to Marley too late into the night. And that's why you've got the voice you've got. Either too that, much Karuba rum, my friend. Either that or I've been hanging out with Michael Douglas. Um, uh, remember Michael got... Yes, he, yeah. HPV. He had a form of the human papillomavirus on his voice box, contracted from performing too much... Oral sex on a million different female partners. What a way to go, I say. Which would mean there's a spot for him on the West Indian cricket team. Um, <laughs> moving on, we will be back next week from 6 o'clock. And Moon Man, before you go, you're on at the moment. Yes, for the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. I'm on until April the 17th at the Athenaeum and uh, tickets are selling fast. So get in for the final week on comedyfestival.com.au and all through next week we'll be speaking to comic guests every day. Ready. A bounce, a right for Nada. The biggest high-flying act you've ever seen in your life. Hey. Come on, mate. Follow me. Follow me to the bench. Fire. This is Brian Taylor. Looks like I'm the only one to win a Coleman and be in a film. And this 
is Bristles Missile. Take your flags and stick them you know where. <laughs> Brian Taylor, you've also been voted best football commentator on radio. Do you have any room in your home for all the trophies you've won? Uh, Seb, I wasn't aware that I'd won any of those trophies, so nice of you to allocate them to me anyway. You are very aware. Do not lie. You've got three rooms dedicated to me. There is a bit of a me, me, me uh, happening out here. My wife, uh, I did the bar room, and we've got it full of photos and stuff about me, and she said, do you think I could get one up? And so I put a lovely one of her on a horse, and I said, you can have that little dark corner over there. So it's it's fairly well dominated by me. It's not even any light. Dominated by me on me. (laughs) Brian Taylor on Brian Taylor. Um, Mate, Trent Cotchin, skipper of the Richmond Tigers, when they didn't impressed too many people against Carlton the opening round. There are a few people uh, pointing the finger at him. They go out and lose to Collingwood again. People are piling on. Is it fair? No, it's not. Uh, This guy, like, no one out there... There's been another radio station that does a lot of sport that all week have been absolutely hammering uh, Trent Cotchin's leadership. Now, none of those people even know him. Mm. They don't know him personally. The club are in the best position to know whether he's a good leader or not because leader's not just about on-field, it's off-field. And I can tell you, having known him a little bit and met him, he is as good off-field and he is good on-field. Now, last week, everyone was saying, oh, I heard all these experts say, oh, he's going around the back to get the little sneaky handball around the back, the cheap handball, all that sort of thing. Has anyone thought that Richmond don't have many great kickers in the back half, only Hooley at the moment. They're waiting on Deledio to come back and they're waiting on the Aaron to come back. Now, I would have thought the, the coach's instructions would have been, whenever you mark the ball in the back line, get it to our best kickers, you know, by hand. Who are the best kickers in the Richmond back line the last two weeks? Well, you've got Basha Hooley, of course, who's mm. a great distributor, and Trent Cotchin. Now, the only criticism of Cotchin, maybe when he does go around the back and get it, he's still going sideways rather than trying to cut off and get that angle kick into the corridor. So that can be tidied up a little bit. But that would have been his instructions as one of the best kicks in the, in the, in the club would have been to go around the back and get the cheapie and then make sure you hit the target so mm. then we can get moving. And, and to question his leadership is just crap. No one knows who he is and they're questioning his leadership. All these experts on that station... It was just absolutely bizarre. Mm, well, that teaches you for listening to that station. I want to talk a little bit of basketball because you did you play basketball? Yes, I did. I, look, I'll just give you a quick resume. <laughs> I stayed under 16s, stayed under 18 squad, and then I went to footy. So I was pretty good. I played <laughs> open men's basketball when I was 14. So, you know, there's, I was good. Was that supposed to be a quick resume? But that's just a quickie. If you want junior sportsman of the year and and all that sort of stuff, I can I can find that for you as well. One of the greats, Brian uh, Ben Simmons, a very promising Australian American dad. Dave played here in Melbourne. He's gone over. He's been very impressive in college, and he's now announced he's not playing for Australia in Rio because he wants to go to the NBA draft, become a big superstar in America. Is that un-Australian? It's not un-Australian, but guess what? He can do both. Mm. He can be drafted yes. and still play for Australia. And as the number one or the touted number one pick, he has the cachet to be able to say to any club that takes him, hey, listen, you take me, I'm playing for Australia every time there's a major tournament or every time the Olympic Games are on. So that's, that's part and parcel of me, just like any other little, um, little note that he'd have in his contract. You know, I fly business class yep. and I fly. <laughs> All of those sort of things. So bang, 
he he's got the cachet to do that. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's pretty ordinary. I think there is an excuse for guys that are coming off surgery or coming off injury or have a doubt on their injury. To my knowledge, he finished off the college system in pretty good shape and didn't require any of that. So that's great news. Yeah. I, I, I would wonder. And it's, it's not going to affect his price at all. Yeah. We have seen, was it Cecil Axon got injured? Yeah. yeah. He got injured in a freak accident, but that doesn't happen very often. Mm. And if he says to the potential clubs, he comes out in the media or through his manager and says quite simply, you take me and then you take my Australian duties with it, I don't reckon any of the clubs would, would have an issue. You can, yeah, I think I'm sympathetic to that argument that, you know, you, uh, nobody is criticising him for wanting to be a star and wanting to set up his life. No, but, uh, you right. know, you also accepted an AIS scholarship, so maybe there's yep. a bit of payback there for the country. Uh, yep. Brian, um, were you watching uh, the Oakley Chargers uh, play football recently? Well, last weekend, perhaps? Yes, I did, yes. Uh, just uh, an unnamed source has sent me a photo of you uh, sitting in the back of a van looking very, very unhappy as the Oakley Chargers. Who were they playing? Uh, they were playing uh, the colder cannons. Yeah, no, Brian. We've had a little bit of a caption competition <laughs> today, yeah, uh, yeah. just to uh, to uh, really uh, make the most of this photo, which is you sitting in the back of your van, looking a little bit unhappy. We, we, did something go wrong that day? Well, question number one: mm. uh, You have no right to uh, <laughs> oh, publicate. Getting illegal on me. You have no right to show that photo. Uh, number two: The person has no right to take the photo without my permission. Mm. And I get really pissed off when, when you go out there and there's bloody knobs taking, you know, photos without your permission. You are a big star, oh. Brian, though. But look, he might have got me for one second when I was thinking about the bloody next federal government or something. And yes. I would have oh, who do you think's going to be? Who's going to be the next federal government? Oh, well, look, you, you'd know better than I do, but <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm thinking Turnbull will, but he just needs to just polish the bloody uh, the barnacles off him just a little bit and just. Uh, not be not be the know all, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. Just back it off just a little bit and uh, and become a little bit more likable. I think he's. I think he's. He'll be good. But uh, anyway, I don't know. But yeah. So that's probably why I was a little unhappy. Uh, that on top of the fact my kid only had about one touch, so that was probably. Nah. Uh, well, he'll be back. He'll be back. Yeah. Uh, great man. Always good to speak to you. Where shall we hear you across the weekend? Uh, I'll, I'll be on the rub today. Yes. So uh, twelve noon today. Mm. Look forward to that. Prime time. Tomorrow. Prime time, Brian, and then Saturday night footy tonight on the Seven Network. Yes, and then tomorrow Sunday Triple M footy starting at one o'clock. The big game, the Dogs of the Hawks. You beauty! It is twenty-three to nine. Thank you, BT. Bye bye. Joining us as she does every week from Fox Sports. Good morning, Nearly Meadows. Good morning. Now you're a basketball player. Well, that's yeah, kind terminology, but I, I like to throw around the basketball a little bit. You dropped a bit of I represented Western Australia <laughs> off air. No, well, I was BT impressed. BT was doing it, so I thought I would too. I like it. In the country stakes, I no. was never good enough to uh, rep the real team. No, I don't need to qualify that. But we were talking off air. You were saying you were playing a game of social basketball during the week. You're uh, undermanned. The other team's a bit taller than you, but in the second half, you fight right back into the game and got pretty close. And how did it finish? Well, basically, I was very annoyed. No, I admit, I used to umpire for for Queen when I was going through Good. uni and as a kid, so I, I tend to get fairly feisty. It's always the refs that get the worst. We're like psychologists. We're always the craziest if you're the psychologist. I like a bit of yap. So we, we, uh, it was a comeback. It was a comeback. We were down to four players because of injury, not fouls or anything like that, and it was down to two points uh, with eight seconds on the clock. Right. And so they had the ball from the baseline. So you've just scored your We've two points scored. down. 
two points down, eight seconds on the clock. They have the ball. They call a timeout because these days, if you call a timeout, it advances the possession to half court. Oh. So they were so scared of giving up the ball to our amazing defensive <laughs> play with four people on the court that they called a timeout. Now, this, is, this isn't finals. This is round one of a new season of social Tuesday night basketball. So to have any chance of even tying the game, you would have had to have intercepted a baseline pass and then hit the shot in eight seconds. Yes, exactly. But they that made it out taking of, it very seriously. Very seriously. And I'm all for taking it seriously. Full corporate, man on man, whatever. But there are certain things that you don't do in social basketball, and that is manipulate the rules oh. to get it to half One triple three five three is social sport win at all costs. Would you have done what the other team did? Is social sport win at all costs? Or is there a few sort of gentlemen's, ladies' agreements that, you know, we, we keep it sporting? What do you reckon? I just think that you can play competitively, screens and full court presses, fine. But there are a few things that you don't do. For example, if the other team only has four players, no full court press, no man on man. <laughs> right. Simple. If you're up by don't 30 points, it. pull back. No full court press, no man on man. This, just completely exploiting the rules Let's be honest. Let's call it what it is, and it's damn cheating. Are you being a bit of a sore loser? <laughs> no, absolutely not. Because if you they sure? won, if they won with that, I would have gone good game, great game, competitive game. Would you though? Honest, honest. Or would you have got a little lippy? And honest. Said, Even as annoyed as I was, I shook their hands. Okay. Did you? Yeah, I ranted a bit. And I am a ranter. <laughs> was there any? I put my hand up. I have flaws. It's okay. Was there a little what for for the referee? Oh, uh, don't no. You never do that. You never do that, do you? Yeah, there was. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've been known to get a little white line fever when it comes to the social sport because the way I look at it is this is the only chance that those of us who aren't elite athletes get to get out there and feel what, it like, what it's like to be a winner. So if you can just manipulate the rules and get yourself in an advantageous position, I reckon they're okay to do that. And you know what? This is exactly why I don't like you. <laughs> Because that, that is all? your personality. Is that all? One triple three five three is social sport win at all costs. I want to come back to because you've got a little tip for the comedy festival. I do, I do. I watched mm. a great show last night. I look forward to that. We're with Nerily Meadows, who got done on the weekend in social basketball by a team that probably was taking it a little bit seriously. The question is: Is social sport win at all costs? Chris from Mornington, what's your view? Yes, no. You got to win at all costs, even in social sport. But don't you think that you should, you know, just win it because you're better, not because you tricked up a rule? Nah, I, I'll, do anything, <laughs> I'll do anything to win. Is that right, mate? Chris, I'd love, have you got a little uh, example of just how serious Big Chrissy takes it in the social field? Oh, not really, but <laughs> I, I just do anything to win. I hate losing. Yeah. I don't care if it's table tennis with your brother or anything. <laughs> how uh, What's your chosen sport, Chris? Uh, I play footy and golf. Oh, where you play footy at? Uh, Elton Wick. Uh, very good. Well, good luck, mate. Thanks for your call. Nezzy doesn't agree with you. No, that's all right. A lot of people won't, and that, that's <laughs> fine. Everyone's entitled to their opinion, but let's be honest. This happened on Tuesday, and I'm still fuming about it. So <laughs> had to get it out there, had to get everyone's opinions. So hopefully someone agrees with me that you just play it for the love of the game, and you should win based on how good you are, not how well you play the rules. Oh, you're just a bit grumpy this morning. Look, I, I am. I will admit, I am a Freo supporter. We're getting smashed at the moment. I thought we were a chance yes. for a minor premiership. We're clearly not with a derby on today and our captain out. And also the other thing is... Um, 
I'm not drinking at the moment. I'm Ooh. 20 days in, so I'm probably at that tail oh. end where you do get a little bit grumpy. No, yes, so you need a little refreshment. Uh, you had a quick tip for us for the comedy festival. Yeah, one thing that did make me laugh last night was going to see Luke Heggie. He is amazing, and I think your listeners will really, really enjoy it. Just lays into the funny stuff of, of sport and, and blokey stuff as well as, you know, those hobby farms out there. And as a kid who grew up on the country and works with a whole bunch of guys and, and works with sportsmen and stuff like that, it was absolutely hilarious. Luke so I think Heggie. Luke Heggie. So I really do think that people will massively enjoy it. Lovely. Love your work. Good to chat to you. Nearly Meadows will be on Fox Sports tonight with AFL Tonight. AFL Tonight, 10.30 on Fox Footy and Fox Sports News. I'd love to have your company. Yes. Tune in. Have a look at that one. Enjoy your weekend. Plenty going on around Melbourne. There is some great footy on. And also, this weekend we say goodbye potentially to one of the great boxing careers of all time. Manny Pacquiao will fight for the last time against Tim Bradley in Las Vegas. It'll be the end of one of the great boxing careers, perhaps not the end of one of the worst singing careers of all time. To take us out of Weekend Breakfast with Seb Costello for this Saturday, the 9th of April, Mr. Manny Pacquiao. i